2: Here at Guitar Nerds, we're big fans of Isotope software and their impressive range of plugins. And you, dear listener, get 10% off all Isotope plugins at isotope.com with discount code NERDS10. Every Guitar Nerds podcast for well over five of its ten years has been edited, polished, and repaired using Isotope's wonderful range of tools. From their Nectar Suite to EQ, compress, and lightly add reverb to give the impression that Matt and I are in the same room, to the RX Repair Suite to deal with pops, clicks, and background noise in fact every sound sample that you hear on our podcast is mastered using Isotope's ozone mastering suite and i can even compare audio eq and levels to other similar released material using Isotope's tonal recall it's all very good and believe it or not there are a bunch of free plugins that you can try a vinyl simulator for added character the ozone imager for help visualizing your stereo mix and a vocal doubler for added richness and depth to your vocals pretty neat check it all out at isotope.com JD you know uh, I uh, I had a really happy childhood uh, my oh, dad yeah. my, my dad used to put me in tires and roll me down hills those were good years (laughs) Uh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) hello dear listener and welcome to the guitar nerds podcast i'm your host joe brandon joined this week by jd short hello hello indeed welcome back jd it's your first episode of 2023 yeah it's lovely to be back this is very exciting Yes, it is. It is lovely to have you back. And we, we've just actually had, dear listener, uh, many of you will be aware, an absolutely wonderful weekend. We've been at The Guitar Show. I say this every year, know. I think that Jason from The Guitar Show listens at least to this episode every year. <laughs> It's a terrible name, Jason. The guitar show is, there are so many guitar shows in the world and it makes it very difficult when we have a mostly international audience to be like, it's the guitar show. No, not a big one in America. Nothing like that. Nothing in, I don't know, places where where large congregations of people and things happen like South America or China. No, this just happens in Birmingham and it's a relatively small guitar show. It didn't even happen in Birmingham this year. It happened in a suburb of Birmingham, Solihull, a place I've never been, and to which I hope I never return. Yeah. A place between Solihull and Shirley, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it was yes, <laughs> yeah. between two suburbs. Uh, no, no central train station anywhere near, and uh, it did have Uber. I was very thankful oh, yeah. that Uber was a functioning thing. We, uh, we, we, we went to the one pub in Solihull. There was one pub.
1: Yeah, it was it was a lovely pub. It was great. It was a combination of sort of your, what looks like an old village pub that seemed quite nice. And then you turn the corner and it was basically, for, an, for our American listeners, a Dave and Buster's, uh, which is a big, big corporate like arcade with games and stuff it didn't really have that but it was felt very weird and very much like you're in a different place
2: it was so weird so you walked into the bar dear listener and it was quite a nice old english pub from the outside like me and jd picked it i mean partially yeah. because it was our only option but yeah. also because <laughs> it had a nice looking british pub feel to the outside of it so this is after we've got there we've got the train up uh, the show starts the next day we 're like let 's go find a pub for a beer we text round all the brands and and all of our all of our mates to to see who 's coming out and we We find a nice pub lovely from the outside. We walk in. It's great. We're greeted by quite a, 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 a friendly man at yeah. the bar. We order a pair of Guinnesses. He talks about whether we want shamrocks or penises drawn on the Guinnesses. It was, you know, actual a, thing. Actual yeah, thing. And, yeah, I'm not even. Yeah, he actually offered that. We even discovered that on the shelf they had a, a bottle of Jameson's Crescent, which is a uh, which was a, a whiskey I'd never seen before. That Jameson said, no, done. no,
1: have I?" Yeah.
2: They, uh, they, they they spent some time trying to find it to know what to charge us on the uh, <laughs> on the computer. So I, I thought we were in quite a charming pub, and yeah, we walked to the corner, and there was like a a DJ booth yeah. and uh, and rugby yeah. playing on big screens and a lot of space. Yeah, like that's the thing you don't
1: expect in an old an old English pub is to have loads of room between people and places and things. Yeah. But it was a great, if not very long night, with which we interrupted (laughs) by going out to dinner and then coming back to
2: the same pub. (laughs) The same pub, yes, exactly. Well, that was the problem, that you and I got there at like around five. And I think I sort of, I like messaged Dan from Ashdown to be like, do you want me to come and help set up? And he, he just didn't respond to me. So I was like, well, I guess not. I guess this will be fine. And I was thinking everyone would have set up in the day. Everyone will come and join us for drinks. But actually, no one joined us until around 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, we had the boys from High Watt turn up. Uh, we had, like, Matt from Fidelity, uh, the Hampstead team turn up. Who who else joined us on night one? I can't. I mean, that feels, that feels about right. Because by the time people started
1: showing up, I stopped remembering who was showing up around that time. <laughs> yes. But, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, that was the, that. was the problem, wasn't it? I discovered early on that they did coffee tequila uh, behind mm. the bar. So it's a, so. Needless to say, dear listener, our first day, the Saturday, our first day at the guitar show was a, a difficult, a challenging one for both JD and I. The, the morning was more rough than the afternoon. I'll say. <laughs> yes, yes, I think, that's
1: right. I think I was saying I think I did my first wee at about half six in
2: the evening. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yes, we were incredibly dehydrated and not ready for sort of eight hours of solid talking to people and loud, loud guitar noises. But we did get through it because this year was so good. Yeah, it was yeah. a gr- it was a great. It felt like a return to form. It felt like last year sort of limped into. You know, I don't. I didn't go to you know the sort of half Nam of last year, so I imagine it was the same there. Feels like people are still just about getting into doing stuff again, but this year felt fully fledged. Everyone, everyone was ready for a great show.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's probably one of the best shows I've ever been to, like full stop. Let alone just like since COVID, you know, like well since lockdown, COVID's still around. Yeah. Um, but you know, like definitely since lockdown, it's it's. It just felt like a normal show. It felt like everyone was really excited to be there, like everyone attending, everyone presenting. It just felt like there was just a really good buzz and energy there, and it was full, and there was loads of people both days. It was just a really well-attended, really, really well-done show.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So well done, Jason, and the team at The Guitar Show UK. You guys did a fantastic job. Although I will, you know, say... Jason, on the second day, I walked. Me and JD both just walked in. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Like we had no passes. I mean, we obviously did. We were on the I, press list or whatever. But we had we we just walked in. No one stopped us. Yeah. I mean, we are
1: somewhat famous, uh, you know. So <laughs> it could have easily been that the the Sollyhole security knew knew yes, <laughs> knew who right, we were. Yeah. Certainly by the by the second day. <laughs> and to be fair, it was it was when we we walked in before, you know. With people and before, sort of, you would have expected to show up if you're just sort of. That's right. It was before
2: so. opening. But there's a, there's a great if you want to uh, if you want to uh, you know uh, jump the turnstile next year, dear listener, and get in. My advice <laughs> is turn up early and walk with purpose through the door. So you probably won't get stopped. Yeah, and have your bags with you. Just, yes, you know, like that. I mean, I think
1: that was another crucial element. Is that it clearly looked like we we were either moving
2: in or we <laughs> yeah.
1: yes exactly
2: exactly but it was good it was good and mm. okay so so i guess a, a little bit of a disclaimer dear listener obviously we've got an outstanding topic of the week from dave lee uh we, we're ideally going to do questions in the uh in the patreon episode we've got to spin the wheel we've got you know the show and tell thing there's all these things but I'm the, we're going to try and hopefully do those but this is very much a, the guitar show special. We saw so many good things. I've got a list here of 33 different brands that are talking points that me and JD want to get through. So so I guess I mean even now we we're, we're coming up to 10 minutes into the podcast realistically it's going to be we're barely going to cover all of those so we're we're going to sort of try and hammer on through and talk to you about as many of these things as possible will jd we can roughly go in order of the list i've put down but if you if there are things on there you want to get in early feel free to you know go in with those i want to talk to you dear listener about just how many great things were there because it really was very good The first thing I think we should mention just to get it out of the way is that Marshall won. Mm. For the first time maybe in my lifetime, Marshall won a guitar show event. Every year you go to various guitar shows and you know there's like one thing that shines a little bit brighter or that everyone's just a little bit more excited about than everything else. One brand that stands out. It has never ever been Marshall because they they you know they're a brand that certainly for me feel like they sit on their laurels a little bit they never come up with new exciting i mean they come up with new stuff it's normally flipping digital you know so they never Mm -hmm. come up with the right product not for me personally they're obviously still doing very well but um this year obviously we're talking about the reissue pedals and they had a fantastic idea on the marshall stand they literally had a a desk and a till point where they were taking money. And that desk was surrounded by stacks of the pedals. Bear in mind that across that weekend or just before when the pedal had been released, I think it sold out, all four pedals sold out online everywhere and on the Marshall Direct store. So technically, if you were in the UK, the only place you could purchase any of the Marshall reissue pedals across the weekend was at that show. They really did very well. We got a chance to play uh, one of them as well, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we we went and grabbed um, we grabbed a governor and just like plugged it in for a bit because we were just thinking. Because one, I haven't I haven't really played them since they weren't reissues, you know. Like it was just yeah. like <laughs> the the weird pedal that you had because they didn't have the pedal you wanted when you went to the shop, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. And and we all had them, and and I was thinking, oh, is it just my memory that these are good? And so I remember, and always like the governor's was always thought it was cool, looks cool, looks completely out of place now, like it just doesn't look like it belongs in twenty twenty three which yeah. is great and so we just went and grabbed one um with permission, of course and and just plugged it in, and I think yeah, we both had to go, and it's it's a really it was really nice on base, it was great, yeah. like it was. You know, like certainly no modern appointments, but being able to have, you know, a, a, your three band EQ on bass really that boosts quite a bit of low end if needed. It was it was really good, really usable, and just and they're at a a great price point that they're just really cool pedals. I really like the form factor of all of them. You know, it it does bring me back. Like the Shred Master was one that I had in probably mid mid nineties or so that. I have no idea where it is. It might be at my parents' <laughs> place. It, you know, it's I probably gave it to someone who traded it for something at some point, but yeah, it's like it's just really cool. There's such a vibe about it. And I think that's the thing that it's really good for me like seeing it at a at a show cuz everyone was excited and it felt like that excitement just like permeated everything. Like everyone everyone felt excited about everything and I think a lot of that was really just how well done these pedals, these pedals are, and I think it's a great—you know—the thing they did was completely destroy the secondhand market for any <laughs> for any of these pedals immediately by releasing a billion out into the world or whatever just happened you know yeah
2: so. yeah exactly they, they were they were what a blues uh, bre- uh oh what's it called blues breaker blues, blues breaker yeah blues breaker i almost said blues master it's blues breaker the blues breaker was going for whatever it was for 500 quid yeah. on on reverb before his, and now i don't know what they are normally They were 169 pounds each at the show um, but I yeah, don't know I, what I mean, I think they might be. They, you know,
1: I, I would imagine they wouldn't be any more than one nine nine. Like, yeah, you know, like you, you, I would imagine you'd be able to get that all day, every day from then. And I mean, I almost nostalgically bought a governor a yeah. few months ago, just oh, just right. looking <laughs> at it, just because I was like, I, <clears throat> I just saw one pop up in a feed that I had, and I was like, eh, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll just do something a bit. You know, a bit different, and then that I didn't see that these were going to be released <laughs> and held out, and so yeah, it's just really cool, really great. I, I think
2: everyone should check them out if if you get a chance to. Yeah, I think they're fun, relatively affordable, and a wonderful slice of history that's been given back to us yeah. um, by marshall so yeah so they they were fantastic they were also at the front of the show so the kind of the first thing that everyone saw that as as Tim, which was a great placement. They always aim for that sort of location at a show, but it was just really great to see him really set the mood of the show. And the first place you and I, JD, went after that was yeah. we headed we headed right so that we could move anti-clockwise around the event. The first stand we came to was the co-owned stand of Hampstead Ampworks and Fidelity Guitars, who, of course, you know, both had some absolutely you know some wonderful things and some weird things
1: i I mean i the thing with both of them is i feel like they only make good things like like neither Hempstead nor fidelity has any has any duds in their lineup you know and (laughs) so it's just it's just like everything was everything was great like all the fidelity get like guitars and only guitars looked fantastic and you know they sounded great um you got to play the one with the built in effects which was exceptionally cool and sounded massive
2: that's that's right yeah so they had the you might have seen this online uh dear listener the uh it's been little demo videos have being uh, been being put out uh, on the fidelity Gu- guitars channel uh recently but it is um the well, I was just bringing no, up, just nice. making sure it was a uh, it was muted. Um, so the the fidelity guitar in question is one of the double standards that's got three um, three built in effects that operate off of slider controls that are on the bridge of the guitar where the vibrato system would be. So I think it's nine fader nine. controls. Yeah, and so- it's a. Uh,
1: yeah, so it's basically each fader it's just it's just a pot for each pedal. So it's like there's three per and I think what was it? It's it was delay, it's um, delay, reverb and fuzz and fuzz, yeah.
2: So I think it's an Ibanez delay, yeah. it's a Mr. Black reverb and it's an NRG fuzz.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then there are a couple other toggle switches for each effect. Had like a an on off toggle, and yeah. then there was a master on off toggle for all the effects. Which, when you were playing, and, and you know, we got really good sounds with with having all the effects on. Because let's face it, we put all the effects on, and it was just so cool to have all like all of this this big wall of sound and flick one little switch on your guitar, and it just goes back to like a, like a guitar sound. You yeah, know, and then be able to like easily cut between two which made me think like imagine if that was more if you had the same sort of thing but also a momentary switch so sort of like uh, an inverse uh, uh, an inverse kill switch yeah on it you know so you're basically being able to do i was like oh that would be that would be amazing but it's the thing the most important thing about all of it is it sounded really really good yeah and yeah i it, it was really cool and really exciting and then and then she- Besides all their other stuff, should we talk about the the weird mystery box of the the, <laughs> hams, the, 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 the other thing that I think stole the show for most people was the, the it, just
2: giant. It hams. was wonderful, wasn't it? So Hampstead yeah. had brought along a product, dear listener, that was still in design phase, so still being breadboarded, still being breadboarded. So when they wanted to put it in a chassis, so people could easily demo it, they had to put this, you know, what will I imagine be a, com- a relatively compact pedal into you know, a, a, a chassis the size of a space echo, yeah, uh, or
1: like a, a lunchbox, like a, yeah. a a double high lunchbox from childhood, or yeah. some, you know, from from when you had your Marshall uh, non reissue pedals, <laughs>
0: <But,
1: laughs> yeah, but it was, oh, that was cool, that was cool.
2: It was sh- a, what, 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 how would you describe it? How did they describe it? Was it a like a like a stereo harmonic? Um, yeah it was uh, tremolo
1: dynamic harmonic tremolo with right. with loads of and so it was one of one, one it sounded really good the thing that i've i found that was really cool is you could do different things with like highs and lows so uh-huh. you could have different rates different depths everything between like your high and low signals so there's a bit of a crossover there but then the other really cool thing is that um they had multiple options for stereo out so if you want stereo Wanted to go stereo. You could have it so you're splitting like left, right, like pro- like actual stereo, so that you get your panning or tremolo effects between between the two. I believe I'm sure it was because there's enough switches on this that this had to have happened. But I, I believe you could probably do lows and highs separately, or lows and highs across both stereo fields. They also have the thing that you. Um, you see a lot of times with these kinds of effects where they they'll do like wet dry out. So your like stereo, a jazz chorus, yeah. But but it's such a cool thing to be able to have it on a switch whether or not it goes wet dry. Which I'm never really that much of a fan of. I like it for bass when I'm not running stereo necessarily. But it's you know like uh, just to get that width to have you know the movements between both things. And they had a full stereo rig set up at the show as well, and it's just really cool being able to stand in the sweet spot you know and just listening to everything but it was it was really really musical and just sounded great and it really it did stuff that i hadn't even thought oh maybe i'd like something to do that which is rare really <laughs> to see something I was like i never never thought about it i have usually thought about everything so yeah
2: yeah oh yeah for sure it was uh you know, when when they showed me this massive box, and I was like, "Oh, what exciting thing is going to be coming from this?" And they <laughs> yeah, played a little bit, and I was like, "It's a flipping tremolo." But yeah, yeah, but yeah. after they showed me what it could do, I was totally in. I just it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, like, I like that. It was like,
1: "Oh, what? Oh, it's a it's a tremolo." Uh, cool, <laughs> oh, so it makes it go whoa whoa whoa. whoa cool, cool. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but it was but it it was very good. I I mean. I more than anything hope it just stays that form factor and it's just <laughs> it's just some like raw aluminum or steel box that
2: you get with you know someone written on a sharpie the yeah. next iteration <laughs> you know <laughs> dear listener I have uh, I've uploaded a little uh, picture of it onto the guitarists group on Facebook so do, you know check it out on there if you if you haven't seen what JD and I are oh. discussing but it was it was extremely cool. Um, the rest of the Hampstead pedals, as usual, like there's not nothing new in the line other than that, um, other than you know that that test product. But of course, Hampstead make absolutely fantastic mm. uh, products. And for me, for the first time, it's the first time I picked up anything by Hampstead. So um, I got hold of a, a Comet, what they call their interstellar driver which is their most, uh, I guess, old school or simple uh, pedal. They do a lot of other drives. They do a number of other drives, but they tend to almost each drive iteration increases in amount of controls. And I like the Comet because it tells you how you're going to sound rather than sort of letting you choose Mm. it. So it just has a level gain based treble. And then you can just choose whether the EQ is applied before or after the drive, which is also very, very useful. Um, but yeah, I picked this up because for one, it sounded fantastic on bass, but two, the gain was incredibly versatile. So, in low gain situations, it sounded like y- your favorite sort of green overdrive pedal. In high gain situations, you could make it, you could get it really fuzzy, like a really pushed low wattage amplifier. Um, I, I, I thought it was absolutely great. I, I'm, I, I think this is going straight onto my board, the comet for bass. But I also really loved it. It might go onto my Silas board for for guitar as well because it's a very very good overdrive pedal.
1: Is there is there any secret control uh, that would make it a bit better for bass? <laughs> Thank you, JD. I forgot yeah. to
2: mention that. <laughs> yes, I popped off the uh, the back of the um, of the Hampstead comet and found that it has. A uh, a low cut uh, sort of mini toggle in there, which I could completely defeat, thus letting through all the lows, making it an absolutely perfect overdrive pedal for bass. But returning to it to its, I guess, factory settings, which were about a quarter of the way up, it just had a really nice focused guitar overdrive sound. I just, what a simple switch to add to the back of something to make it such a versatile pedal. Yeah. Um, It was very, very good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really like all their stuff. And I think, you know, we were talking there as well that like I, the Odyssey is one that I'm, uh, I think I will probably get probably next will be my next, you know, because one can never have too many drives. And so (laughs) like, I I feel like that's, that's the one I just, I really, really want. I don't really remember why now. It's just like, that's the thing that's always, that's my next, next time I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. I'm going to get one of those. So, they're so well
2: built as well. Yeah. They, they remind me of uh, like Origin effects in there, like yeah. these things are built to do, you know, survive nuclear blasts or what yeah. else.
1: Yeah, and they they the other thing is like they're well built. They all look really good, you know, and they all they yeah, super well built, really aesthetically pleasing as well, which you know shouldn't matter, but does. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and it's just one of the yeah, it's just one of those things. It's they're great. They're really great. I was really impressed with with both Fidelity and all the stuff at Hampstead.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. What a cool pair of brands to be pairing up? I think they make.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like it. it really was one because they're also lovely people. But it was one of those things. Was like the first booth we actually went to was, was a bit like, oh, we got to keep going because otherwise <laughs> we will we will we will see about ten things today.
2: So. It, it was definitely like that. Who yeah, happens yeah. to be around there and be like, "I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry, I have yeah. to go now because otherwise I will never leave." Yeah, um, and uh,
1: and also, you know, not ever wanting to take another step again in our lives doesn't didn't, didn't help
2: either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, at that point we were at maximum, maximum. Hangoverness and uh, <laughs> it seemed to be the stand that we kept bumping into people on as well. Yeah. we saw, Like Yogi the Guitarist, we bumped into there on the second day. Um, uh, you know, I think I okay, did we bump into Jackson Brooksby on that stand? I feel like we did. Uh, but, was you know. uh, that, or it was well, maybe Thorpey. that was Redbeard, thought,
1: was it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it was, yeah, it was up there, man.
2: but uh, but it was definitely a place where people were hanging out. Was the Fidelity Hampstead stand one of the other one of the other brands that we saw a brand that I've been uh, messing around with an overdrive pedal and uh, we had on the show and tell a few weeks ago Goliath um effects um Goliath effects where they're right next to Ritual effects right in the back corner I feel like they got hard uh, they, they got uh, they got a tough deal on the first day because they were right next to the coffee shop and Mm -hmm. the queues were just forming in front of their two stands and on day two they worked out a way to queue like in a circle so that their stands weren't blocked but they they got a bit of a a rough deal on that uh on on that first day
1: yeah it was a bit it was a bit of like normally you're like oh we're by the coffee that's a good place you know coffee and toilets are always like a decent place to go because that's where people will always go to those places but then but it is that yeah the idea like the queues were just straight Straight in front of their stand, and I d- I didn't notice it when we were back in that corner that that's that I was there. But it's like, yeah, of course that's gonna you know disrupt foot traffic, and you can't really like sit there and hang out when there's forty people trying to get coffee. Although yeah, well, I will say the coffee at the show very good. It very was actually good and good. reasonable. Yeah, it, I was. I mean, well done,
2: well done, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I think I I think I paid like three pounds for two coffees. Yeah, which we, was you know, it was. I think it was. Yeah,
1: lattes were like one pound fifty. That's yeah, just <laughs> not not a thing. And I don't know. Maybe that's London. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. the bit. Of, that's why. That's why it's in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Mm. Um, but yes, we uh, we we checked out Goliath Effects uh, over there, and they had their ice drive. Dear listener, is something I've been checking out recently that I've been playing. Uh, the Ice Drive is a fantastic sort of base overdrive stroke preamp, and there were some V2 versions of the Ice Drive there in in Blackout, which mm. is like a a black foot switch black controls and that that sort of weird like crackle crackle like crack yeah, vo- yeah volcanic crackle finish, but in sort of black and matte black, it was uh, it was really interesting, really. Yeah, really weird. But the Mark IIs have got a DI fitted on them as well, which is which is great. Ideal for the sort of I feel like it's kind of a low-gain pre style base mm. overdrive. But uh yeah, you, know, you can custom your own on their website. They're between 120 and 150 quid, depending on what you add to it. But I really like the ice drive. I think it sounds great. I think if you're looking for a sandamp style thing, this is a wonderful alternative that's hand built.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm I'm going to end up getting one because I I I think they're great. The fact they're hand built, and then um, there's just loads of really well thought out things about them. Like like there's like micro toggle switches on them. So like some of the smaller form factors, some of the other pedals, instead of having two switches, it'll instead of two foot switches, you'll have like a mini toggle. But so many other pedals will would put that put a full size toggle on there, which means you have to be in a live situation, delicately kicking the pedal on and off. Otherwise you might flip the toggles and it was just like having the mini toggles was great. The other thing about the ice drive, like the V2s with the, the DI is that the DI and the in and output, like quarter inch in and output jacks are all on the back of the pedal, as opposed to having like the, the DI be off to the side. Like you see on a lot of other sort of those preampy pedals, which means yeah. they're, they're a bit just, they can be a bit of a mess for your pedal because you they have to go in like one the one corner that allows you to do both, you know, like top and left hand side or right hand side kind I've of I've never thing, thought so.
2: about that, but that's totally yeah. true. That's exactly where my sans amp has to go on my pedalboard. And
1: and and half the time it's it's either that or it's like at a weird angle or something. Yeah, and I have yeah.
2: I have to have mine long ways yeah. so that I can get the DI on there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So having all all across the back means you could potentially, you know, put it wherever and I was it's just like little things like that are such such well thought out well thought out design aspects that, you know, like we were saying, it's one fifty sub one fifty. Like that's yeah. that's an excellent,
2: excellent thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um after after we headed there, um we popped around to our friends at HiWat. HiWat High mm. are they are coming back in a big way. What a fantastic british like legendary amplifier Mm. company to finally be finding its feet again after all these years and the team there couldn't be better like i'm so excited about what hi what's got in store like their custom shop team they're just so good they're so on it they're such nice people they're so enthusiastic about being part of the community and the industry i just think i I just think hi what have got so such a bright future
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's something about just seeing a wall of those amps, you know, and, you know, and, and at the moment I'm thinking the big, the big, you know, like at least 50 watt amps, you know, sort of there and, (laughs) and just seeing them be like, oh, that's, it's just such an iconic sight. It's just such a, you just know there's so much like power behind everything there. And they just look so good. So simplistic. Like they have all the park stuff as well that looked cool. Yeah. Um, and then like, so, like a lot of their small, like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the booths, like a lot of the effects booths or guitar booths had, had the little high watt, you know, like five watt head, you know, sort of com- like uh, head and cab combos and things like that. And just being able to see, yeah, just seeing them around, it was like, it was just, I it's thought, just really cool to see, see high wide around a, a British show.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought that was down to them and you mm. know, their marketing team there. That what they did when they got to that show is they went round all the effects brands and anyone they saw who didn't have like a a rig set up who maybe had a headphone amp only, and they went do you want a combo we've got a load of combos would you like an amplifier on your stand and they were just giving people amplifier stands just for the weekend but so people could make you know i i i saw jet guitars thanking mm. highwatt online after the after the show being like you know thanks for the loan of the you know the High combo it made our guitar sound great all weekend and it, it was just who wouldn't say yes to yeah. to such a legendary amplifier company being on your stand, being the thing that you're amplifying your product through? And yeah, I mean that that was genius marketing, but it also meant that Hiwat were everywhere at the show. It, yeah. Another great touch. And yeah, do you know what I love about Hiwat? I know I'm going through this phase, dear listener, of uh, just loving uh, you know a proper old school stuff and not liking new modern things but i really think it's important in this sort of day and age of uh of uh, neural dsp quad cortexes i think it's really important for us to have a brand who are walking around being like no we don't give a shit how much it weighs we <laughs> yeah. don't care yeah. we don't <laughs> give a shit how big it is what we care about is how it sounds so high what products are as big as they need to be for them to fit the components in their at- cabs are as heavy as they need to be to sound good. They don't care about the other stuff, and I love that about them. It's just so oh, good. They, Even the they, big they, companies care. Even if the yeah. big companies offer something, they're still aware of it. what don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. That being said, like that fuzz pedal that you got to check, the filter, like, fuzz, you know, yeah. the filter fuzz. You know that thing is the size of a pedal train nano. You know, like like it's it's like oh, I can have one one pedal in my you know like in your like you know tick or whatever you get on your mono bag, but it's oh it, it's just all of it just felt so cool and it just and and normally I don't have a lot of that same nostalgia like I don't you know and you know maybe this is different because I was I grew up in the states and stuff but I don't see like oh yeah it's a it's an SVT so great you know because they're everywhere. But, you know, but there's just something about so there was a real mojo vibe about it. And it was it was really cool. And um, playing through the new 88, the the new custom shop like 88 they had. Yeah. I didn't play it. You played it. It sounded so good. And it was so loud, so incredibly loud for. Uh, for a show for sure. <laughs> and just being it, but it was like, it was one of those ones like when, when they were turning it up, cause they're like, ah, oh, I us go a bit more. So when they're turning it up, I felt it in my shoes before I heard it, you know, yeah. like I could, Feel it through the rubber on the bottom of my
2: shoes. <laughs> we got a sound warning, didn't we, whilst we were playing? Someone came by with I... a little stand to say that we had to turn it down. But it was uh it was, new... the <laughs> <laughs> it was their uh, new It was it was the new High Watt, it was their it was their prototype custom shop DR88, which is their KT88 loaded 80 watt yeah. amplifier that is suitable for bass or guitar, as all high watts are. Which I also love, because dear yeah. listener, if you're if you're a bass player, the great advantage of that is uh, when you get an amplifier that's suitable for both, it tends to mean that we as bass players get a few extra controls that we wouldn't necessarily get. Like, for example, presence. Presence isn't something mm. you really ever get on a bass amp, but it's there on the on the DR eighty-eight amplifier. And diming it is, I don't know, it's like adding a low gain. Uh, underneath everything without sacrificing sort of saturation in in your low end it was wonderful
1: yeah it's just it's like that that real crispness that you can you, know, you could kind of get the that always i get the the first thing that comes to mind like when you were playing the the and and we dimed the um, the presence was was more of a that sort of like classic jesus lizard you think of that the real trebly kind of grindy yeah. base but with this like weight behind it and it was just i mean it was just it was just so good. It, it is one of those things where turning it up it's like it does one thing and it does that thing yes you know exactly. like it's it's not going to be a, an amp you're going to take to like a function gig no. where you know you're swapping between you know bruno mars and you know metallica <laughs> you know but, yes
2: yes uh, the high uh, in general very much they're an amplifier brand that have that sound don't they don't yeah
1: you know? i it's a it was
2: great though. <laughs> like it's a great yeah. sound. <laughs> it was, it was great. <laughs> great. Honestly, when we were playing it, I was like I had one of those points where I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good that I have to have it." Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter uh, what they I'm, say. And and I'm thinking I'm thinking it's a big valve head. It might it, you know, it's going to be expensive, but that's going to be fine. I can probably pay in installments. I'm thinking valve amps they're two grand, they're two and a half grand, you know, sometimes the proper ones. I was like, how much is this DR88? Really, with the name of like, you know, my next thing was going to be like, abs- how much will you take as a deposit? And I was like, how much is the DR88? And they were like, three and a half thousand pounds. Yeah. it's a lot of money. I'm not saying it's, it's not worth it's, a lot of money. I'm no. saying that I don't have three and a half grand to spend <laughs> yeah. on an amplifier. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's it's very much one of those things, like we are sort of talking about this too, but it's like, if you're going to be playing that amp, that, that is me playing. If someone were to say, what do you want for your festival rig this season? Or what do you want for this, this one off at like, you know, like there's a cream reunion at Royal Albert Hall. And we want you to play, you know, (laughs) and I'll be like, Ooh, I don't know that I want to, but this high, watt that's what I want. You know, like it's, it's one of those things or, you know, if I if I get placements this year, that's the thing
2: I'm getting. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was very good, but um, you know, dear listener, just check out everything on the Highwater yeah. website. Everything that Highwater are making at the moment is is so so very good, and and they're such nice people. They're just
0: yeah, worth they're,
2: investing in. I I want nothing but the best for them.
1: Like yeah. I just like it's they're. It's, Great amps, and you know, everyone I've met from there has been absolutely top. So, yeah,
2: yeah, they were very good. Now, um, uh, now we also we made a beeline over to I can't remember the name of this stand because it, oh, right. it was a bunch of things together, wasn't it? It was like, uh, it was like British Luthier Collaboration Zone. I, I don't know what it was called.
1: Yeah, I, I feel. I feel bad for not remembering it offhand, but it was, yeah, it was like a really cool collection of probably what five, six different luthiers and Mm -hmm. some pedals and, you know, the RD amps were there and just loads of, it was loads of different stuff, but it was a bunch of like small independent companies together um, that all had one, one pretty massive booth. Um, And yeah, it was just really cool to see loads of variation of stuff there.
2: I thought it was a great way to present that sort of thing because one of the the problems is it's easy to walk past stands that have a couple of things on them, you know, one or two things on them. It's it's easy to bypass those, and you you get drawn in by the bigger stands or the stands with lots of stuff on them. And that was a great advantage for this, that they were representing (laughs) so many brands in one little thing that it was a proper little play zone. But, you know, everyone was basically feeding off of each other's, uh, you know – Visibility.
1: Yeah. Well, and it was just—it's just really cool because it's sort of—it's one of those things that you imagine for like small builders, like small output kind of builders that even stands like this one. Being able to present on a stand and be able to like staff it yourself the entire time is pretty tough, right? Yeah. You know, it's, and so then it's like, oh, do I have to bring other people? But then to sort of have this community of people being able to sort of attend to all these different, all these, meant that that we, as people coming to sort of see what was there, got to have much more variety and see much more stuff. And it was, I mean, all, I mean, some of it, some of it's wild and not really, you know, for like my taste. And uh, some of it's like skews art, like more towards art than it does like, gigable instrument for me of which on intentionally they had some display pieces like that but but it was also just great to see so much stuff like like i would stop to look at something else and then then spend another three minutes looking at looking at some of the other guitars i was like you know what i i didn't know that i needed a a modern a uber moder- a modern shaped headless guitar but now I'm really, really
2: considering one. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, yes, I mean, let's talk about that. SBC Guitars, Scatterbrain Concepts, a guitar brand of which guitar nerds have been friends with for many a year, were there. And uh, they had a a new model that both me and JD absolutely loved. Um, but also, I think, might have been, you know, on like close inspection, uh, one of the best built guitars there. like just for being absolutely gorgeous and the attention to detail, but simple as well Mm. was the new, uh, the Omicron one. Um, I think they're still being prototyped. So this is SB guitars, uh, striving towards an affordable custom shop model. Something that I feel, I really feel Matt or from fidelity guitars kind of created the concept of, and it's spread throughout British luthiers over the last few years. But, um, but yeah, so the SBC Omicron is the opposite end of the Spectrum to Fidelity. This is a fan fret, headless, um, uh, sort of, uh, uh, I don't want to say Strandberg shape, because it's there are some things you can definitely see that are Strandberg-esque, but it's very much its own vibe and feel. Very cool, unique cut and shape lovely looking sort of mini headstock. He's done something with that sort of negative mm. space that you get from it being headless. And a gorgeous dipped finish from like a moss green to a sort of a light yellow. Um, I think it was a pair of Sun Bear humbuckers in yeah, there. Yeah, that sounds remote, uh, yeah. But I just thought it, it was £1,800 pounds for this complete custom shop. And I was like... If you want this guitar, like if you're if you're shopping for sort of modern headless things, this price is unbelievable because we're talking about Ibanez Charveli pricing here for this completely custom made guitar. The finish was superb. Yeah, the feel was about It felt gorgeous in your hands. It was just it was just a lovely, lovely instrument.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I couldn't really have. Wished for more from it, certainly at at that price point, and then you know, and then looking at some of their other like you know like high like the next rung up sort of guitars. Um, they, I mean, they're all they're all incredible. Like it's you know it's and, and some of the ones I think with like the um like the acrylic or or the like sort of epoxyed sort of tops or. Um, or plates, you know, on top of like really vibrantly stained woods. And just like, I mean, they're definite sort of standout guitars. They're definite ones that you can imagine at like a, a psych festival or some sort of like psych, electro- you know, like if you're playing guitar and like yeah. a psych electronic band, like this is completely, you know, like the thing. But yeah, I was just, I was really impressed by all, all the SBC stuff. It was really good
2: it was it was great and then um we saw on on that on that sa- stand actually the next day cuz we see, we missed them the first day mm. but uh chris franklin friend of the podcast owner of franklin guitars um had his range of instruments there which i'd not seen before i don't think he'd done a, a show before but he had his skybeam Model and his both the Skybeam, I guess, standard and the Skybeam Juno, which was his version of a sort of simple entry level, like you know, super cut down, minimalized modern guitar. And they were also absolutely fantastic, taking a kind of strat shape, a sort of yeah. um strat meets music man cutlass sort of shape but then with like really a really interesting contour on the front and then in the case of the Juno which is like the junior version single volume single P90 in the yeah. bridge in one case on a modern guitar and a through a gorgeously constructed through neck
1: through through neck with like like lovely lovely laminate just you know like the Like the the color laminates running around. It's just really it like it just looked so good, and and the idea of like the single P ninety on like a an S shaped guitar, (laughs) you know, a single P ninety, a bridge P ninety. It just it made it. I really wanted that as well. Just looking at and it's you know, and it was really simple, like just just wood finish you know like you're this it wasn't it wasn't a flame maple top it wasn't any sort of thing that you could kind of sort of see that you you think about like the you know if you're if you're sort of thinking about like the the satriani model like ibanez sort of thing like that kind of double cut carved top you know like the, yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't have surprised but but then but they're seeing it and just just such a simple such a such a again great Handcrafted guitar by by a person you get to meet and talk to, you yeah, know, if yeah. you buy it. It's <laughs> like, so good. It's so good. Like I felt, I really I felt like it, it was a it was
2: a great mixture of like modern and not classic, but like functional. Um, it was yeah. kind of the sort of guitar that – it was too modern for me, but dear listener, you know that I, I, I want some, you know, ridiculous old Italian thing from the 60s that yeah. doesn't tune or intonate properly. You only want the original Rickenbacker <laughs> frying pan. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> that, that's where I'll be in a couple of years. It's yeah, going to get worse yeah. and worse. Yeah, you and your, like, gramophone only listening. So. <laughs> Yes, wait, wait for the series six of guitar nodes on Morse code only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh but no, it was so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my style, but I was like, God, you know, I'd get one of these for the studio mm. because because what I what I actually kind of what I want when I'm demoing stuff, and most of what I get to demo are pedals. Um So what I have uh, on my DAW is I have a preset set up. At the moment with Neural DSP, the the Tone King amp, there is a fixed preset that I use that's just a clean, slightly edge-of-breakup amp. And then what I would like is like a a no-nonsense guitar, a guitar that doesn't color really anything, that just does a good job. And then it means that the pedals can do all the work. And this, I was like this is one of those guitars like p90 in the bridge the construction it looks great could probably do some great strat sounds some great like heavier sounds if you really push it like it it was a good all-purpose instrument there yeah
1: yeah really really cool i i mean that to me was sort of like one of the highlights of like day two was really being yeah. able to just because because it you know the 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 show's not Nam sized where Nam it's, you know, you you have to sort of plan your route where this yeah. was like, we had walked by all of these stands like seven or eight times. And it was really just kind of like stopping and stopping and seeing and getting it. But it was one of the big takeaways. I was like, how, how have we missed this? Like, this is such, yeah. like, it, it really, really sort of stood out in like a really, a really solid show. Like, like I, I think that's the thing is, like, I, I'm noticing like we're only saying good stuff yeah. about <laughs> things, but it's I don't, I didn't see anything that was a bit naff, and usually yeah. there's always stuff that's a bit naff, or yes. you're like, oh, yes. that's your that's your release. There cool. are a couple of brands uh, like, that I
2: won't name that I always expect to see at these shows, and I'm always like, how how do people like this stuff? They none yeah. of those brands were actually even there. It was just such a yeah. high quality thing everything was great but um but yeah so uh so i guess after we went there we went to see ken Hass. ken was oh, there at the reverend oh. stand one of the nicest men to ever be in uh, the music industry
1: yeah and you know for those who know ken he's very laid back and is never never any high energy and joe and i were definitely um in the mood to be able to be able to match that energy of over exuberance, which is really how Ken is. And he's such a good, <laughs> such, he's such a legend and he's so nice. And it, it, I mean, it doesn't, this, it doesn't hurt that all of the, like all the Reverend guitars are so good. And I, I look at all of them and like think bad things about <laughs> my, you know, and I just, I want them so badly. But it's, it's just, I, I, I want to buy all of it because I, I just want, Kind to have a, a bit of a bit more happiness, you know. Like I just want, <laughs> I want everything good
2: for him because he's such a cool dude. Like he's great, he's great. Yeah. He was like, you know, the day after the show, he was heading up to to Glasgow to see Merchant City Music and guitar guitar, and then he was back off. Uh, To the U.S. after that, because his band are playing South by Southwest, and just like yeah, "Yeah, you are. I don't know how old Ken is, but he is—he's definitely—he's well into his fifties, and it's like you (laughs) are—you were doing the things that I could just about do, you know, towards the end of my, you know, to to my early thirties was the last time I was capable of this sort of (laughs) constant running around.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he has a lot of energy. And and uh, like in the absolute best way possible, but he's so endearing and uh, it's just, it's just cool. It makes you smile just seeing him standing, standing at Reverend, you know? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah.
2: And they had some great stuff. Of course, I think you really liked, as you mentioned a couple of times, the, um, the Mike Watt plower.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do. If, if there was a, if there was a, a thirty-four inch one of those, I would mm. I, I would really like especially like the, the sort of goldy bronze sparkle that it, so, it's in
2: now. Yeah, so the, the guitar JD's talking about, dear listener, is the Mike Wattplower, if you've not seen it, is a sort of SG meets Mustang bass. With a humbucker in the neck and one and a base pickups in it. So if you think the p base pickup is split, so it goes on the left, on the right, and then it goes on the left again. <laughs> and you've mm-hmm. got a neck humbucker above that. So you've got all that on a bronze, gold, large flake, yeah. sparkle, short-scale base with a matching headstock.
1: Yeah. And all for a
2: thousand pounds. Yeah,
1: and I'm, I'm really pleased that I well this was I'm really pleased that I didn't leave the show with it. I feel very proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Like, it's uh, one of those things there's so much stuff. I really like they've started doing like mushroom burst as yeah. well. Yeah. Like Antigua style guitars because that's a you know that's bold. That's bold. People feel strongly about Antigua. Yeah.
1: I mean, I a, a lot of the finishes that they the thing is like their finishes always look good and they do some like challenging colors, as you're saying, but, and yeah. somehow they're always like, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's good. I like it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Oh, great. I love them.
2: Yes, they were extremely good. Um And of course we, we popped over to see, um to see Adrian Thorpe and Mikey Demas with red beard, uh, effects and thorpy effects uh, over in the corner Redbeard effects have dear listener now i'm taking because people were photographing it at the show obviously I, I don't think there's any embargo on this but um but certainly no press releases landed for this Redbeard have got their new effect out the hairy squid fuzz as with all red beard pedals, this is uh, an effect with a ludicrous amount of volume, <laughs> different types of fuzz voicings, and relatively conventional controls for those voicings. Unlike, I think, the last, the last couple of inventions have been a, a little bit u- unique takes on how to control things. This is a bit more straightforward, but just great sounding. Does everything from a traditional fuzz to your very sort of gated, spluttery fuzz i i think they're gonna move well i I think mike adima said he uh, he moved an awful lot of them at the show so people purchased them by you know uh, as as anyone should with anything red because you know it's going to be good
1: yeah i mean uh, yeah all of you know being able being able to sort of try all of them sort of in quick succession which was also Great, because normally if I try them, it's it's sort of one at a time. It's like you know, I love the honey badger. That's great, but the hairy squid, like being able, it was so is such a versatile pedal. Like there's so so many different things you could do. I I still felt like everything was pretty modern, but I imagine I imagine it's there's a couple things because a lot we were really just on like headphones and stuff. But I imagine a lot of it like would really really sort of like vintage up. I guess like like with yeah. with actual air moving and things like that, but it was
2: this was it It was all on a headphone setup and and I hate headphone setups so and especially they're just not they're not con- constructive for fuzz are they like you know, yeah the yeah. best headphone setup in the world is going to make a fuzz pedal sound like garbage
1: yeah I, but I I'd really also they, it just looks really cool I should mention that because <laughs> it's like <laughs> what is it like sea foamy.
2: Yeah, like like that satin black top that all their pedals have. Pink controls and seafoam chassis. uh, I mean,
1: they're they're just some of the, like, as far as, like, full brand of pedals go, like, one of the actual coolest brands out there. So,
2: Yes, they are very cool. Although, you know, uh, uh, Adrian, I was disappointed in uh the fact well i am gonna say god damn we we, we said hi we're your yeah. friends and you said hi and that was great and then at the end of the day someone else i knew came over to me and was like hey do you want uh do you two want passes mm. to the uh the secret private drinks s- look, after the so show s- being else- hosted by Thorpey. <laughs> someone else we just
1: met that day. Not even someone we, we knew for years. Someone we just... Who we will talk about because they have one of one of the absolute best things in the entire show. Yes. But, but yeah. Yeah, it was a bit weird to, to look at the back and say, like, oh, it's, oh it's, it's Thorpey. Well, this is great. But, yeah. Also, if anyone wants to talk logistics around how they managed this, like, party drink scenario, I, I can go on about a 20-minute rant. About it, which I won't do here because we want to talk about other stuff. But
2: yeah, <laughs> it was, it was befuddling. I'll say it. it, it yes, it was ridiculous. We, we're actually coming up to the end of the episode, so we we obviously, dear this night caveated by saying we're probably not going to do anything other than talk about the show this week, which is totally fine. We've made it almost to the end of the first page, and then we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff in the Patreon. But I guess, uh, I guess, as you've caveated the start of that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about about Winyard. Uh, guitars who who were the the brand that did invite us Adrian, <laughs> to the uh, to the party being hosted by a hosted by adrian afterwards um but uh yeah so wynyard custom guitars they were situated opposite ashdown where myself and jd spent a good chunk of our time and my goodness they they caught a for a couple of things for a guitar and a bass, um, a 51 style P bass and telly stroke Esquire style guitars. Uh, They're a relic custom shop that has unique ideas. They're not just trying to emulate, they're adding their own touch to things. I mean, it was brand.
1: Yeah. I, it was, it was one of those ones where we both, we both saw the, this one specific telly and telly style bass, like our 51 sort of, P-base. And both like, "Oh, those look really good." And then I will say there's it there was some of the best heavy relicking I've seen in that it looked like they could have actually have been old. And I think we both sort of side-eyed the base about 12 times before we were brave enough to go over to see how much it was because yeah. because it seemed like, "Ooh, if it's custom shop, it's really good. Um I it's going to be like it's gonna be like high threes or fours yeah. or yeah. something like that. I mean, that. you expect
2: yeah. something like this, you know. We know that Fender are charging three eight, three nine, probably four on a fifty-one mm. because they've got a tool a specific body shape as well. Um so I'm expecting four from Fender on, on something like this. So when it comes to like a one one fella building this thing, almost definitely to a better quality. I'm expecting them to be on par with that if they want a slightly undercut fender, maybe three five, but also there's the argument that no they're like one person putting hours into that work, so maybe it's four five maybe it's five. the relicking mm. was very good, it looked amazing, and what was it? two two five oh
0: <laughs>
2: you can't get a custom shop second hand for that yeah. that amount it uh. was. I, I still, dear listener, I'm not suggesting that 2,250 British pounds isn't an awful lot of money, but it's—I
1: mean, not f- a
2: lot of money for what it was.
1: Yeah, and and it's the kind of thing like they, uh, there was really smartly smartly done. Like you know, and this is a disrespect. This, this is already someone else's base, but when we were looking, you know, when they were showing it to us, really, it was the thing. Like there's an actual usable modern bridge on it you know hidden underneath the you know the ashtray there's um really s- i quite like the neck you you know the next you would go a bit more vintage accurate, yes I they, think they, they
2: the they'd made it modern and accessible so it was like a like a shallow sea like you get on yeah. modern bases and uh yeah yeah that's it yeah, yeah. and it, mean, it
1: is a, a, a slight uh, like the 9.5 yeah, nine yeah. yeah but it, it but it's it's saying that and then you know we were we we're talking a bit more and it's just like it's little things you don't think about like the uh we we're talking about how he he uses like metal inserts on the you know for the for the joint between the neck and the body so that yeah one for energy and tonal transfer but also that's the thing you probably have to undo and redo the most if you're, if you're looking at like a, a shimming kind of situation or whatever. And it's just like, it's just a smart thing to do that you don't get on a mass produced item. Cause it, it seems like it's doesn't make sense, but it's just, it's that, that level of detail of thinking about all the ways to make this an actual, um, an actual base. You can an actual, the closest you can get, I think to that, that era
2: base that you could, actually gig with yeah um yeah well that that yes you've hit the nail on the head there i think we spoke about that a, a little bit didn't we mm-hmm. after, afterwards but yeah the i i really want a 51p bass but an actual 51p bass with the bridges that don't intonate properly with you know with none of that stuff's gonna work well anymore he he had a perfect balance of modernizing the things that needed modernizing, yeah. but keeping them hidden enough that you know you weren't sacrificing any looks. You know, it wasn't like when someone puts a six saddle bridge on a Telecaster and you go, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. you know, it yeah. was uh, like
1: like individual individual like a bridge, you know, like bridge pieces. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was all really really good, and I think that one that we looked at had a sun they had sun. Pickup, I think, in it or uh, no, it was, it was um, um a...
2: it was bare knuckle. Oh, it was bare knuckle, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There was a I lot of Sunbear knocking around, wasn't there? There's a
1: lot of Sun, like, lo- loads of places were, were using Sun Sunbear and everything, which is, I mean, they're great, so good on. But uh, I, I think, yeah, there's lo- lots and lots of builders using Sunbear, like, all over the shop. It was really good, yeah. I mean, those, those, the Windyard, they say they also do like the. I can't remember the name of it offhand now, but the, the telly style they have with stealth the diamond. Caster. Yeah. The stealth caster.
2: Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. We, you know. were saying with the diamond thing, which yeah. is, is slightly different. Their, their F holes are diamond. They call those diamond casters. Yeah. But the yeah. stealth caster was my special favorite, which they had mm. a matching butterscotch black plate, sort of no caster style to their 51 P base style. They had a matching one of those there, but they had a number of others. Um, they had like, a. um uh, they had like a oh what's the what's the white called i can't remember the name of the white you know the uh oh like the, the slightly off white the 60s white where you've got like the, the, uh, not, not the, Olympic. Neck.
1: the uh
2: it doesn't matter like an age so,
1: someone's shouting at their phone right now yeah. so, so, so thank, thank you <laughs> exactly like,
2: exactly they're sort of aged white with a white plate and a rosewood neck so like that st- 60s so blonde, goddamn blonde. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. There we are. So like a, they had those like blonde style telecasters with rosewood necks, and they had butterscotch tellies with maple necks. Either. So they had one with a humbucker in the neck, which looked great. But the ones with the yeah. tele pickup were brilliant. The reason they're called stealth casters was because the neck pickup is there; it's just hidden under the scratch plate.
1: Um, they over overwound. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I oh. I, I really expected that stand to be much more expensive than it was. And, you know, and, and you know, and, and they know what they're doing, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's, you know, and it's, it's just a, it's the kind of stuff you get direct. Oh, the other, the other really cool thing they showed us was the, the build books he did oh, for the custom I stuff
2: about that
1: yeah so it's basically it's like i think it basically had these like coffee table books but were like the actual build process for the for the guitar itself so yeah. it's, you sort of see it come in as like a billet and then you see it kind of work through and it's just really really cool to to potentially if if you're getting a custom done you know like something you you really want this is this is the thing that i did like that it's such a cool thing to be able to to be able to have like a an actual tangible memento as well, you yeah. know, instead of just like you know, like all I have for like the the custom base I had built in the late nineties is is some weird like emailed photos from when you know email was newish, you yeah. know. So <laughs> it's it's like it's like the first Nokia with a <laughs> with a camera on it, you know. It's like yeah, blurred yeah. little bits, but yeah. Oh, those those bill books and and the bill books are really good quality, really nice. He did really say, nice I think
2: he said it adds a hundred quid onto your, or chart. yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's sort of like if if it's a thing that if you want that you can pay yeah. for it. But it was like I would encourage people to do it because future uh, you will be ex- you will absolutely. will have wish you would have. I
2: think absolutely, and I think the hundred quid's kind of. Re- I mean, he's literally making a one-off. He's having a one-off book bound. You know, and yeah, uh, and and having thing,
1: to do it. all the photos and yeah, you know, make the book. It, it may be, it may be more than hundred. I don't remember how much it was, but whatever it is, I think it, it's certainly, it's some, it's a cool thing you don't see at a lot of places. Like a lot of places don't even offer that. So
2: yeah,
1: and considering the base was, you know, seventy percent the cost, I thought it might have been. You know, <laughs> yeah. like
2: yeah. Yeah, They were they were wonderful. Winyard uh, custom guitars and basses. Dear listener, yeah. do check them out. Um they were fantastic. Now we have we have run out of time yeah. on this week's uh, episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. JD and I are gonna head over to Patreon. Dear listener, I encourage you to join us. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can uh, you can head over there. Um there's all the information on how to sign up and how to join us. You can you, you can you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You know, you can sign up to the episodes for a little bit more. We're going to talk more about this week's guitar show. And I, I think even then we're going to have stuff left over because it was yeah, such yeah. a good show. It dear was, listener.
1: Good. So good. So good.
2: <laughs> it was great. But if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, dear listener info at guitar That's our email. Of course, you know, if you're the modern person, you can DM us on Instagram or, you know, uh, contact us on a facebook group anything like that if you're a patreon supporter already then contact us on patreon um but yes we're gonna go there we'll talk about some more stuff thank you very much for listening Mm -hmm. you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell goodbye